episode number 55 and with me is nick say hi nick hey everyone also we have justin the jackhammer poochie how's it going guys what's going on justin same old stuff you're just a jackhammer oh yeah i saw you dude also um you guys might remember that compass dude jesse hey everyone what's up yeah, we're gonna. We've decided to bring him on this week so we can give him some shit about flying compass. <laughs> As usual, we just kind of want to fan that fire a little bit more. That's all. That's we what need we do. To keep it, keep it burning. Keep, yeah, keep the embers hot. It's getting close to going out. So no, it's never gonna go out, dude. It's it burns <laughs> in my soul for all eternity. Eternal flame. It is tattooed <laughs> on my heart. Die, compass, die. <laughs> All right, guys. The sun is at next to the Align tattoo. Right next to the Align tattoo. So, what the hell's been going on this week, guys? Have you been getting any flying in? Is the weather turning for you guys like it is here for us? Nope. No? Not yet. Not yet. I saw a picture on Facebook. The sun goes down. Yeah, I saw a picture on Facebook with Nick and his little one. And and the only thing, I was looking at that picture going, God, look at how nice it looks there. Green grass, sunny. I was a little jealous. Not gonna lie. Yeah, it's still been pretty today. good weather. Although you know, I the forecasters are saying it's coming quick, probably in the next couple of weeks here. So we'll see. Well, I woke Shoosh. up. I woke up the other morning, guys. Looked up on the mountain and guess what I saw? Mm. Fire. Elvis Presley. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 dude. I saw. I saw snow. Ugh. Wow. Light dusting of snow. And strangely enough, I'm happy about this. Because the fire has turned around and now it's headed back into Idaho where it belongs. There you go. So the smoke is gone. Well, I don't want to say gone. It It's essentially gone. It does come into the valley. It was a little bit this afternoon, but you can see the blue skies again. It's beautiful. Nice. Alrighty, so Nick, what have you been doing, dude? Flying at all? Yeah. Yeah? No, it's been a good week, man. Yeah? It's actually been a great week how about that i don't believe you it's it's a true statement <laughs> i got to go out um let's see i went out uh yesterday and today yesterday i was just banging them out only stayed out at the field for two hours but i got in like 13 flights uh today made five i think something like that nice no, no tweaking no tuning just flying having a good time no testing no, no, I'm I'm good. I have not had to. I haven't adjusted anything on the Skookums in quite some time. Yeah, that's actually. Um, I guess I can make that announcement because uh, I've been 
I'm just really happy with the way that they've turned out um, in getting to know the guys, uh, Art and then Alvin. I just like, I really like what they got going on over there. And so I, we kind of all talked about it and made the cumulative decision that I'm going to, um, I'm actually going to be coming on a board with those guys on the team and seeing if we can't just kind of help take it up one more level. Nice. Good stuff, man. But we're still going to be testing and flying everything. So it's not really going to change anything. Um, as far as that, I'm I'm an equal opportunity kind of guy. So they're gonna let you test other fly bar fly units and stuff. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because I mean, you have to. I mean, you have to know the competition, right? And there's there's things that other units do, you know, really well. And so it's just kind of it's easy to get into. Uh, yes. To get into that groove when you're flying the same thing all the time, you you just all of a sudden you go to fly something else like holy cow i had no idea so i'm just going to kind of be that guy on the outside giving you know lots of input you know from a marketing perspective and from hey i noticed this hey i noticed that um so yeah just kind of working with them and trying to make what's great even better kind of think uh i kind of think that maybe you were in that um in that loop with your with your beast x weren't you just kind of flying it status quo everything was all right yeah i was big time man it uh (laughs) wow i had no idea there was a lot of things that i had taken you know like taken for granted coming over to the tuning on the skookum was just like a huge slap in the face i mean it 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 tunes like a v-bar does which does not the way that the beast x tunes at all and so I kind of had to take a step back and I, and I ended up throwing myself for a loop a couple times. You know, why, why can't I get this to where, oh, this is just so frustrating. That's like, oh, yeah, hey, dummy, uh, it's not a beast X. So, uh-huh. no, it'll be good. And I just think, you know, like this week, I've also got, um, I know everyone on Facebook saw, I'm putting together a 450 Pro. I saw that. Yeah, little, little rat bastard. <laughs> <laughs> I have such a love-hate deal with those. But uh, yeah, so I'm going to be putting Ken from Lower Heli donated a 3GX. Um, I'm just, I know everybody's like, I heard everyone cringe. Go, oh, <laughs> but, The collective WTF. Dude, hey, we yeah. should, you know, we're talking about that 3GX. Let's tell everybody my response when you walked up behind me at Othello with that in your hand and said, so Dan, <laughs> <laughs> I have a 3GX here. You want to try it out? I didn't even I didn't even hesitate. No, I had no questions asked. I didn't say where'd you get it. I didn't say what's it all about. I just said I am not interested. <laughs> well, I'm a glutton for punishment, and I want to know. It's one of the ones that I haven't flown and tuned myself. So, I mean, we're we're trying to be fair. We're trying to to cater to all of our listener base. So, if if I can educate myself, you know, then uh, it, it'll be. It'll be a good thing. Justin. And to top it all off, he he's he's testing it on a 450. Yeah, I mean, oh, it would just, be one thing if he did it on a 700, but tuning yeah. those little tiny helis can be even a bigger pain. Yeah. yeah. What have you been up to, Justin? Uh, I've been getting a little bit of flying in this week. Yeah. Uh, it's It's been a busy week for work, so I was actually able to get Friday off 
and I was excited, went out to the field. I was the only one there. I had the whole field to myself, not a cloud in the sky, got a few flights in and started to feel a headache coming on. And so that eventually caused me to pack up and leave. Uh, but before I did that, I, I did get uh, the last bit of tuning done on the on the Heli Command, the HC3 Extreme. So I've been uh, trying to wrap up that uh, that set of steps so that I can get the review out here pretty soon. But as you guys may have actually seen on the Facebook on our Facebook, I posted uh, I posted a picture of me tuning it in the back of my car and dropped a little hint. Uh, on something that's coming up here pretty soon. And actually, uh, I figured I'd let everyone know on the show. So I've been speaking with uh, Danny Melnick at Demon Hobbies and then uh, Joachim Yulefield from Heli Command back in Germany. And they are actually going to send Wait. us. Let's let's tell them at the end of the show. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay we can you know what they that. call that, don't you? They call that a tease. Let's do it. Oh, there's some news. I got to go to the end of the show to find it. I have more too. So I have some really cool stuff. We'll just throw that all in there. All right. Perfect. Sweet. Yeah. Nice. Do a collage. So then there's Jesse. Hey, wait. Can <laughs> I ask the question? Can I do it this week? Sure. Here. Let me see, see if I can pull it off. <clears throat> okay. So, uh, Jesse, crash that compass yet? <laughs> Whoa, man. I have I need a little bit deeper voice here. Oh, sorry. I don't know if you guys saw this, but someone put a post on our. On our forum, our little show forum. And it was a link to a video of uh, Jesse flying the compass. It was. And first of all, what an amazingly beautiful flying field. Yeah, actually, I (sighs) did not know someone posted that. Is that from this last weekend? Yeah, it's on Helifreak too. And let me tell you something. Somebody has it wrong. Because it says, "This uh, this is a picture of Jesse... Of RCHN fame. <laughs> oh, that's funny to me. That's just funny, Jesse. No? That was me not laughing. Oh. In case. Is that what that was? That. <laughs> I did. I did. I, got, I, I caught that. I caught onto that. Anyway. Oh, perfect. Since you didn't think it was funny, I did. That's all that matters, really. Oh, it's all it's all good. But anyway, he, uh, he posted that photo, and I posted a following up post right after it. I said, damn, he didn't crash that compass. And then he responded with, well, why would he? He's a great pilot and it's a great helicopter. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, you got, you got me there. <laughs> so anyway, what else you been doing? You, you went flying and... Uh, so yeah, you went, so that was on, that was Saturday, yesterday. Made a trip up to Spokane. It's about an hour and a half away from me and uh, flew with a new group of guys that I hadn't met before. So that was a great experience and a lot of fun. Um, I got up there about... Three o'clock, and we basically just hung out and flew until about six thirty. Nice. So yeah, it was a great time. Got in about eight to ten flights, something like that. And as you can see, the, that field is just huge. It's an awesome place to fly. The it, sun's to your back. It looks like it's just a high mountain valley, is what it looks like. Like yeah, I mean pretty much. So did you guys have to put like um like something down? I mean the grass looked pretty. Yeah, tall. they. Um, most of the other guys were flying 450s to 500, so they put down a couple sheets of plywood for places to land. But with the uh, with the 700, I was just landing right in the grass. It wasn't too long. So the uh, commentary was kind of funny on that video. Well, not funny. It was it was typical what you hear. You know, like when guys like me or, or you know pilots at my level watch somebody at your level fly. It's like God. 
most of the guys there had never seen anyone but the three or four other guys there fly. So yeah, it was it was an experience for everyone. Sounds real good. Sounds like you had a good time up there flying your compass. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Hopefully we can kind of make it a monthly thing. I'll just head up there and fly with those guys. So Sounds real good. So guys, the um the smoke as I mentioned is pretty much gone. And um this weekend for me this week hasn't been a very good flying well first of all it's cold as hell in the morning and when i say cold i'm talking 20 degrees i mean it's just been really cold so you go to the field and it's not horribly cold all day but even the slightest breeze when it's 50 degrees out you know is cold so not a lot of flying this week difference yeah there's been had a couple days a couple days of flying this weekend i had a bunch of family over this weekend and uh, i had to get away so uh, Saturday I went, and uh, I'd, I'd been talking to Nick for oh a while about a sound I've been hearing on my helicopter, and it was kind of a, it's kind of a the best way to describe it I guess is a card in the in the wheel like remember when you were little and you would mm-hmm. put the the playing card in your spokes that that weird sound, and I just I couldn't figure it out I took the head apart I took everything apart well you know. Here's the lesson, guys. Now, I've been kind of neglecting. I've been really good about when I'm done flying to clean the helicopter. Yesterday or Saturday, I decided to go ahead and give it a good wipe down. One of the boom braces was the bolt was gone. Oh. So it had been ah. fluttering against the frame. It was slapping against the frame. And, uh, well, put a bolt in, gave it a flat. Guess what? Works. No sounds. Weird. Weird how that works. There's another weird thing that happened to me this past couple Breaking weeks. Breaking bolts will get you every time. I've been bitching about my iPhone. I don't remember if I said anything about it on last week's show. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't. It's not been ringing. Like people would call me, and if I wasn't holding my phone uh, to, to feel the vibration, I would not know anybody called. And I did cold restarts, Nick told me how to do that i tried all kinds of settings well it turns out guys i didn't realize this but it turns out on the side of your iphone oh my god <laughs> there's a mute button <laughs> when the mute button is on it will not ring despite your hardest and most intense efforts to make it ring it just won't, won't do it so got that fixed and um that's really about it not a lot going on. I'm looking forward to I'm looking forward to a few more good weekends, but I really think our flying season, well, you know, the good days of flying are over. So I'm looking at getting one of those winter gloves. I think Jesse, yeah. you have one? Yeah, I got one. And uh cuz that's really the only thing I don't know about you guys, but for me, flying in the cold, it's my hands. Oh yeah. I start to lose dexterity, feeling. Yep. And you're shaking. It's just miserable. <laughs> you know, but but once you get your hands warmed up, then it shifts to the next most obnoxious thing, which for me is my nose. Yeah. But that, I mean, that's not going to affect your flying as much as if your hands are shaking. That's true. You're right. But it's yeah. still freaking cold. It is Pro- cold. Yeah. <laughs> Propane heater, man. I'm telling you. Just like a pro, like, are you talking about like, literally just put one of those things right on top of a big five gallon propane can? And- yeah. The, yeah. The single... The single disc one. Yeah, I've been doing this for two years now, and it, it sounds like wasteful and not efficient, but I it I don't really care because it it works. Right, oh, dude, just, that thing is awesome. Put one of those single disc 
uh, little propane heaters on top of uh, like a five-gallon propane can or cylinder. And it will last me if I go, you know, because in the winter, obviously, I'm not out flying as much. So I really only will go out for like one, say, uh, like on Saturday. But I'll go out. I'll still go out for four to six hours and bang out quite a bit of flights. Right. I can get... If I just t- literally, I set it on the tailgate of my truck or on the table, if I'm at a field with a table, turn it on and let it go. I put it on low and just let it go. Nice. And uh, yeah, when you kind of just stand in front of it, it's amazing how much it keeps everything. It, it makes it not that bad. Now, so- I do also use a transmitter glove when I'm out flying, but the big thing is I'll put it to where that thing's kind of tipped up and pointed at my face. So... I can usually make it through a five-minute flight without my nose getting cold, without my nose running, as long as I'm keeping around that around that little that's, that heater. That's what I was going to ask you. I mean, do you have to just like hover literally right around no, it? No, you really don't. You just kind of stand, you know, keep it pointed somewhat in your direction. But you can take your hands, even if they do get cold by the end of the flight, you can go over and warm them completely back up within one minute. Yeah. Like you can put them in your pockets all day long. But after a couple hours, even your pockets just aren't going to warm them up anymore. Right. This really works. And it, you know, I got about a month, I think a month and a half on a tank nice. doing it like that, which I mean, dude, that's not bad at all. I'll, I'll pay 15 bucks or whatever to go fly for a month and a half and stay warm. Big deal. I was thinking about getting one of those propane fireplaces, but I think that would be a little more effective. Well, this one's just lighter. It's easier to carry around. I'll kind of turn it as I'm going, you know, uh, one way or the other and tip it up a little bit. Um, I, I keep it pointed. I keep my lipos up there. You know, obviously safe distance, everyone. Not right uh, on top of them? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just set them right on top, <laughs> hanging, you know, from a clothes hanger. Well, and when you're out there with multiple people, it'll draw a crowd as well because everyone can warm their hands up pretty quickly with that. It does. It's, it, it's sweet. I mean, it we did really that, works. what was it, Nick, a year ago at the Snohomish Polar Bear Fun Fly? Mm-hmm. We were flying. It was snowing out. We were flying, and that thing was sitting up on top of your table, and it kept yep. like a dozen of us warm. Yeah. I'm struggling. Crowd. I, what? <laughs> yeah, I'm okay. struggling with this concept. Yeah, there's no people where you live, <laughs> and it's okay. There's plenty of people. Well, then, hey, look at just think at it like this. It'll keep you warm. There we go. the shit about everyone. That's all that counts. I won't, I won't let Ed use it. There I'll, I'll make Ed stand off to the go. side. That's just mean. <laughs> Why you gotta be like that, Dan? <laughs> Charge for that shit, man. That's right. Admission. <laughs> you gotta pay, man. Cash, grass, or ass. <sighs> Nobody heats for free. God, I hope everyone's got grass where you're from. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen the ass and it ain't good. (laughs) Come on now. Alrighty, well, guys, I think it's time to go into a little bit of news. Yeah, it's just news. Alrighty. So, Nick, did you ever get that goblin sent back? Well, you know, I'll I'll be getting around to it maybe one of these days. Yeah, I think you should just hold on to it, man. What'd you think of that goblin? I'm impressed. I went into it a little, you know, hesitant, but in the end, it's an incredible flying machine, Dan. So guys, if you were considering a Goblin and weren't real sure about the 700, keep your eyes open because they're going to be having several other smaller sizes available soon.
This week's news is brought to you by HeliDaily.com, your daily RC helicopter news magazine. What do you got, Nick? All right. Big, big, big. Um, Spartan finally has. They've got pictures out. They've got information out. And by God, I actually see a picture of a real Spartan Vortex VX1 flybarless system on Alan Zabo's Facebook page. Wow. So that means it's it's not just a myth anymore. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Haven't uh, we been hearing about this for like, what, a decade now? Yeah, but this is like the first real picture that I've seen from anyone other than Spartan. That means, and I mean, they have the packaging all done, the whole deal. So it looks like they might actually release something this decade. You know, that Spartan gyro was a really good gyro. Did you guys ever have any of those? Absolutely. Yep. That's all I had the on the, the last stint of Flybard. Could you? I mean, you can't help but think that if Spartan is going to go into Flybarless, they're going to do it right. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because. Uh, man, I wouldn't want to be in their shoes. I think they. Th- I think this unit has more pressure on it than probably any Flybarless unit. Oh, right. yeah, dude. Absolutely. Yeah. Not only because they're Spartan, but because they've waited this long to actually release it. So you know yeah. they've been working hard to, to perfect this thing. Yeah, they but should be. They've God, got, it better be right. They've got one chance. <laughs> they've got one chance to get it right. Yeah, I agree. Either they're, either it's going to be a huge hit, or if it doesn't work, I think people are just going to roast them. So it's like, man, I mean, there's a lot of diehard Spartan people out there that have stuck it out, you know, waiting for them. But uh, we'll see. And if we can get a hold of one, um, I imagine they'll be out of stock for quite a while upon release. But if we can get a hold of one, uh, we'll put it through the paces for sure. Nice. Yeah. Um, along with a ton of other manufacturers, uh, Lynx, MicroHeli, uh, KDE has released, man, the craze of the Blade 130X <laughs> upgrades, man. Holy <laughs> cow. Yeah. Yeah, so KDE's got the whole little head block deal coming out. Um, obviously, if it's coming from KDE, you know there's it, it's going to be clean. All their stuff's really nice. Uh, but, jeez, there's just a mirage. This one, this one cracks me up. Holy, this one got so much negative press. So SAB released what they call their HPS. It's a high-precision system head. Okay, for the uh, gobble. Right. Saw okay. pictures of it, right? Yeah. It, it's a basic fly barless head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it I looks eerily similar to many other models out there. Uh, probably, yeah, three. Any model that has a built-in swash driver on the head block, it looks exactly like that. <laughs> it's even got like the Align V1 <laughs> long balls on the grip arms that were awesome to not only bend, but bend the grip. In every crash, but yeah, I don't. I don't really get it. I mean, yeah, people were. I mean, they're calling it an upgrade, and that's what people just roached them for. It's like, how can you call this an upgrade? But yet, they're also trying. I just don't. I don't know what hidden problem is out there that they're releasing this. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was going to ask. What are they trying to fix with this? I don't know. I mean, man, I, when I flew James's, I, I thought the other head was sick. It was nice. I love the adjustment on the links on it. It was really sweet. I don't know. Maybe it's a 770 thing. Yeah. 
the Goblin 770 because, you know, we've seen numerous so videos. Tell of me this. Striking those. The, the, the pictures that you've seen, I, I've seen one picture on Facebook, and it's probably the one you saw. Is there anybody in particular talking about it? I mean, is Burt Cameron talking about it? No, not really. The, the big talk about it is all of the Goblin people going, what, what the heck? What the, you know, this is not an upgrade. I mean, it really does. It looks like last year. Yeah, the accurate phasing, low parts count, 10 millimeter taller hub for increased blade clearance. Oh, get away from those boom <laughs> strikes, huh? Okay. Yeah. Uh, no wobble at low head speeds, which would insinuate that the other one did. <laughs> and then increased head speed range. So there's softer dampeners in it? Dampeners. No, it would have to be harder. Yeah. Wait oh no! This well, see now this says no harder, need harder dampeners means damper. low head speed bobble, doesn't it? Kinda, kinda, kinda. Yeah, yeah, generally speaking, that's the trend. Generally speaking, you can ask the rocket scientist if uh, if you want the real answer. Nah, <laughs> uh, well, that's uh, a topic for another show. It, yeah, that, it's a lot a of detail. Other, we'll talk we'll about that later. We'll get into that, that and digging in. <laughs> yeah, that that will definitely be a topic of digging in for sure. Um, so real flight 6.5 out is out now. Um, from the pictures that I've seen, they've done some huge things with uh, with the graphics on it. Holy cow! I mean, night and day on the graphics from the last one to this. Uh, it'll probably be a big system hog, but hey, you know what isn't these days? Right. Any good gaming computer should be able to handle it. I'm still. I would love to actually try it. I, like I mean, it. I would. You like it better? Real flight? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I do. But here's the deal. I've got rid of my, well, I, I sold to Jody. I sold the dongle mm-hmm. for uh, Phoenix. But in the real, you know, I kind of, I realize now that maybe it might have been a little hasty because wanting to fly online with maybe you or Justin or anybody else for that matter, mm-hmm. I, I got I to rebuy the whole damn thing. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That's basically what you pay for. Yeah. So. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see how it turns out. I would like to try it. I just, I choke at their pricing point and it, I, it's really hard to go out and pay half, half all over again for every upgrade. What, what is the, the price for that? Um, I'm not. Oh, it's fairly expensive. I want to say 200 and some dollars. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And, and then all the that's if you don't packs. that that's if you don't have uh four point uh, five or greater four point five or greater it's fifty bucks yeah okay but so you, let me tell you before we move on from the real flight thing the one thing I really like about real flight is the autos are not super floaty and easy like they are in are in uh, in Phoenix you can change that though that's well, a, yeah you, you can, can change that, that but I, I didn't have to change it this is what I'm getting at. I, I didn't have to go in and figure out how to change that stuff. Yeah. It just worked. Default settings. You know? Yep. The that's what I, that's what I liked about it. And yeah. I know you can go in and you can tweak and you can... That's not my thing, you know? I think that's fair. Yeah. So Gowie's got... Oh, this thing looks awesome. And don't even start with the Gowie fanboy thing. Don't even start. <laughs> They've got... I'll just nip that one in the butt. They've got a new, the new X5 Premium Edition. Um, so high voltage servos, CNC tailgear case, and it's got the Formula Canopy. I freaking love 
that canopy. They've got it for the X7 too. Well, the Formula One canopy. Hmm. Such a cool design. Are you going to be getting a Gowie X4? Um, NX4? I will probably get the NX4. I'm, I'm still hesitating if I want to be on the, the first run woes. Because <laughs> it's, it's going to be a disaster. Every helicopter in the history of helicopters has had a bunch of problems on release. And I'm just not quite, I'm kind of having fun. You know, I'm, I, we got a bunch of other stuff going on, so I don't know if I want that headache right. at the moment. Right. But second or third run for sure. I mean, I'll have one. I have to have one. Being a yeah. nitro guy, there's no way I can't have one. Here's my thing is I don't necessarily want to buy a helicopter. I'll probably end up with one as well. But I don't want to buy a new helicopter that can only be flown outdoors right at the beginning of winter. Yeah, that's true. You know, for that's f- where I live. You know, um, I I would you know I really wouldn't be able to get into it um, because it's going to be snowing. One of the, I'm going to wake up one of these mornings and there's going to be six inches of snow on the ground. You know, man, that'll be it. Yeah, sucks. I hear you. Well, hey, RJX has a new heli. The they've got some prototype pictures of called the Vector X. Uh, pretty sweet, like dual gear train style design. Uh, it looks pretty solid. Yeah. I know you you've got your opinions on their helicopters. Well, you know, look, I don't. Let me. I kind of let me clarify that a little bit. I have my opinion. I think RJX makes some really good stuff. I don't know if any of you guys have played around with any other stuff before. Mm-mm. Not their helis. No, dude. No. They. No. Frank does a great job in designing and coming up with very nice machining. The parts are just fantastic. Fantacular. <laughs> fantacular. Fantacular. Wow. And, and, but look, my complaint with the RJX thing was they took their 90 nitro and cut a few different holes in it to mount in a gas motor. And that doesn't work. That's my complaint. But the nitro never even got that popular. Well, it's it's hard to buy from RJX too. I don't know if you guys have noticed that. It's it's not an easy thing to do. You got to go. You've got to log. You've got to register on his page to buy anything, and it's just kind of a confusing process. So they need a wholesaler. They do need a. They don't have a wholesaler. Well, let me rephrase that. They used to not. I don't know if they do now, but there used yeah. to not be a wholesaler in the United States. Gotcha. So distribution issues. Yeah. Gotcha. For their helis. I mean, obviously, you can get RJX heads and everything the else. Heads. But, yeah. But anyway. Yeah. So um, this is pretty sweet. Uh, Discovery Channel. Uh, they've got a premiere of show, Curiosity, Plane Crash. Um, so it would be, well, aired Sunday. This is awesome, man. They're flying a seven. This is heli related. Flying a seven twenty seven. They're crashing it, dude. They're flying it with an eight FG. <laughs> really? Yeah, that's great. I did see the promo for that the other day. By the mm-hmm. way, Futaba had a big announcement. Nice. Yeah, which is just awesome for Futaba. I mean, that's so cool, dude. I want to be behind the controls of that. <laughs> well, <laughs> I want to see if I can like- get it to do a prop stand. Some inverted circuits. 
Because I know that what you really wanted to know was what this 727 would do if it went in tail first. Because that's valuable crash data right there. I want to do some Cubanates with that thing, man. I'm telling you that right now. That would be a lot of fun. I could just see it right now. Give me that thing. Hey, I'll just hold on right here. Watch this one. This one's going to be a good one. <laughs> I got a drag. I'm going to do a low inverted flyby, <laughs> and I'm going to touch the tail on the runway. Knife edge. Knife edge. <laughs> I'm going to do some knife edge eights with this thing. <laughs> can you guys put some of them little wing thingies on the end of the wing so I can fly this bitch knife edge? <laughs> Oh my god! All right, I'm done. Yeah, I'm done. We're good. Alrighty. How about you, Jesse? You got anything for news? I don't. Really? Yeah, I got nothing. Oh my god! Save Were you money. expecting my something there? Insurance. I don't know. Usually, you lay down some compass bullshit on me every time you come on and talk <laughs> oh, about the news. <laughs> There's nothing. We're moving slow. Yeah. Uh. All right. This week's news has been brought to you by HeliDaily.com, your daily RC helicopter news magazine. Somewhere on the other side of town lies a helicopter, broken, bent, and clinging to life. How it got there is a mystery. Was it a lockout or just dumb thumbs? One thing we do know, though, is the only chance it has for the right parts to bring it back to life? Helipros.com Guys, we're going to talk about a few different things. We don't really have a, a topic where you're going to kind of jump around, but tis the season. And no, I'm not talking about Christmas. Oh, that is coming around the corner. But it's that time of year when we got to dust off the simulators. For those of us who, well, I know Nick and these guys don't have to dust their shit off. Yeah. <laughs> I got to dust off my simulator. I'm pretty much forced into flying it. So we're going to talk a little bit about what these guys do. And we actually were kind of excited to have Jesse on today because this is the guy who is like dedicated to the simulator. It's like his girlfriend calls and he says, no, sorry, I got to get simulator time in first. (laughs) Yep. That's a true story. story. (laughs) I got a big test tomorrow. I don't care. I've got to get my hour in. Sim time. Yep. Every night. All right. So we're not going to, let's, let's not turn this conversation into a real fly it or Phoenix because really that that's inconsequential. That's mm-hmm. all personal preference, you know, yeah. fly what you want, but you know, I'm going to, and it's no secret. You guys have all heard me say it before. My biggest thing with simulators is just maintaining focus I find that when I try to do new things or try to practice specific things, I quickly end up playing games and just don't, I can't maintain, I can't maintain the focus to keep it going. Yeah. So what do you got to do? What, I mean, Jesse said something to me at Othello, which actually was 
probably good advice. But I haven't followed it because I don't really I haven't been doing a lot of simming. But we were talking about, and this kind of goes along the focus line, and this is where I lose it. It's like if you're trying something, and for me it was inverted circuits, flying backwards and forward. I kept making what what to me was the same mistake over and over and over again. And I couldn't figure out what in the hell I was doing wrong. So Jesse said, well, you got to break it down and just slowly work your way around whatever you're trying to learn. Tell us how you do that, Jesse. What do you, I mean, what do you, how do you? The main one for me, I guess, was when I was trying to learn pyro flips. Because um, you can't just all of a sudden one day say, you're going to try and learn pyro flips. It just doesn't, just doesn't work. So basically what I had to do was break it down and you know start with half pyro flips and basically just give elevator and rudder and just let the heli hit the ground. And you just got to keep doing the first step over and over and over again until you get comfortable with that. And then you just keep moving along. So then after that, you're inverted and then you go rudder and elevator and you, you know start working the stir and get the heli flipped back over. And eventually everything will just start to flow but I think the main thing is you just got to, I don't know, ev- everything can just be broken down into numerous different steps, numerous parts of the move, and you just got to work your way through each part until you got it mastered. You see, that doesn't, I, this is where it translates so poorly for me. And let's kind of start more at the beginning. That was a pretty okay. advanced move. Yeah. So for me, guys, when I first, I actually did get a simulator about six or so months before I got my first helicopter. Yeah. Um, not so much for the helicopters. I just got one because I was bored and and decided to get one. Flew planes on it, mostly. Then I decided I kind of started getting some interest in helicopters. And it just didn't make any... It, nothing translated until I was actually able to hover a real helicopter. It just didn't translate over. Nothing made sense to me. Partially because of the, the two-dimension, you know, the aspect of it. The, you know, depth yeah, perception yeah. and stuff. It just didn't. You're looking at a computer screen, not a hel- you know, yeah. not a 3D helicopter. So we got a new guy, and everybody always says, "Get the sim, get a sim, get a sim." It's like the canned answer for I'm interested in flying helicopters. What do I do? Do you guys agree? Is that what you should do? Get a sim. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Okay, that's, so and that's exactly what was it? Two and a half years ago, Nick. I think I came to you and. Yep. What do I do? I haven't flown. I have a heli here. I haven't flown it yet. What would you do? First thing he says, get a sim. <laughs> get a sim. I mean, he had, he had, the patience is ridiculous. He'd had this thing for like six months. Oh, yeah. You know, I had it all built. It was all built. I mean, it was, flight on it. it was flying. I could have gone out and fl- flown it, but yeah, I think I, I simmed I, for three or get four a sim. weeks daily until I actually hovered it. Mm-hmm. Get a sim. Come back when you can fly and hover on the sim. Yeah. And he did. Came back, picked it up. I mean, it was just like not a big deal, no problem. I think the big thing when you're when you're very first learning, utilize the training in the sim. Like for Phoenix, I, I don't know about real flight. Phoenix has an awesome hover training set up in there. I mean, you can add and remove um, commands out of there, so you can take it. Let's say you want to learn uh, nose, or let's just start with regular, regular tail and hovering. For now, all we need to do is learn the collective. You can unclick cyclic, unclick rudder, and it'll just give you collective. And so you can just sit, and it'll hold the heli perfectly straight. You can just work a little bit, work a little bit. Okay, 
Now I've got, I'm getting to where I don't slam it into the ground. I don't shoot it up 100 feet in the air. Then go back, then check on the cyclic, and then unclick the collective. Don't worry about it. Just work on trying to give it forward and backward. Just keeping it forward and backward. Okay, now we'll go, we'll go ahead and add in a little bit of aileron. Okay, now we got what, that. What, what do you mean? When you say a little bit, you can control the... You can tell it I only want a very yeah. s- small amount of control? Well, no, you can say I only want aileron. Okay. Don't give me elevator yet. Yeah, I just and then it'll just hold the it. elevator for you. All right, yeah. so, okay. I get that. I do, but... I don't know how to express this because I, I, I kind of, you know, I don't really hear a lot of people saying this. And I think there's a lot of people out there who are just, they're so used to everyone saying get on the sim, that they just agree with it. And they, they don't necessarily utilize it. Kind of like me. I agree. I think you should get a sim, but I'm not the guy. I mean, yeah, it's hard to say it because yeah. you just, you play with yours. Okay. Well, so well, what? Here's what I did. And I started, I think, Jesse, I'm not sure. Did I get you started on that, the whole little chart deal? The, yeah, the, the list. Yeah, yeah. Right. So what I did, and this, this is just geek to the max, but, you know, it back works. in the day, <laughs> it works. This year, I have not focused on my sim, and it's very evident because this butthead passed me up like I was standing still. <laughs> but so what I did is I wrote down a list of maneuvers that I wanted to work on. And some of those were maneuvers that I knew how to do. I just needed to polish them up a little bit better. And then other ones were, okay, this is very new to me. I, I wrote all those down, and then I actually made like a little calendar, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and so on to Sunday. And what I would do is I would put a little check mark. So on Monday, I'm going to work on, let's say, backwards flight. Okay, I'll put a check for Monday. And then let's say um, I'm just going to work on stationary aileron rolls, for instance. So I'd work on two things per day. And I would put a check and then I'd disperse the other maneuvers all throughout the week. And then only do it for five minutes. That's it. And that's, that's what gets people. You have a very, very short attention span when it comes to training on a simulator. You can't, you, you can fight it all you want, but it will get the best of you. And that's what you're experiencing, Dan. You're experiencing that, okay, yeah, I need to work on this. You do it for about two minutes, you get frustrated, and then all of a sudden you're just flying around. Half hour went by, and you probably only spent maybe a minute and a half truly trying and focusing and working on it. Yep. And, and to add to that, Nick, you know, you, you got to give yourself an incentive. So I, I do something similar as well. Um, but what I do is I'll say, okay, I'm only going to spend 30 minutes on the sim. And I literally put my phone in front of me with a five minute timer. And I say, mm-hmm. all right, first five minutes is going to be backward flight. Second five minutes, pyro flips. Third five minutes, TikToks, so on and so forth. And I do five moves. So that covers me for 25 minutes. And the last five minutes, I can play around and work on a routine or fly to music or whatever makes sense. And it it keeps you going. That way you're not getting stuck on an Mm -hmm. individual thing. And then, because what I do, I've got a pretty short attention span for it as well, Dan. So I'll, if I'm not structuring my sim session, then I'll sit there, I'll start doing a new move. I'll work on it. I'll get frustrated. I'll get pissed off. 
I don't want to mess with it. I don't want to put the effort into it anymore. And so then I just start screwing off. And that's when you start wasting time. All right. So let me give you guys a different perspective. Now, I hear you guys telling me that you're working on specific uh, maneuvers and you're not only working on them, you're actually trying to polish them. What about this? And this is kind of the way I look at the sim. I look at the sim as a muscle memory trainer. Yep. I don't, I don't look at it. I've never considered it a tool for me to actually perfect something because I, I would rather try to do it in real time with a real helicopter. That being said, you know, I've been working on aileron TikToks and all I did on the sim is I didn't do them on the sim until I could do them flawlessly because I can't. No. However, what I did do is I just did them on the sim to where my, I felt comfortable enough with the muscle memory that should a problem arise when I was trying them in real life, I would be able to bail out of them and not crash. Yep. Yeah. So. It, okay. So, so now when you get to that point where you can do them in real life, and I, I think we're, we're agreeing and we just don't know it because that's exactly what I do. I mean, that's exactly it. Once I get it down into the sim where I can do it over and over and over again and I'm not crashing, then it goes to real life. But see, um, there, there's, the, but, there's the small distinguishing difference. I don't do them on the sim. I can't do them on the sim perfectly. No, not, and not there, perfectly. And that's just the not crashing. It's and, not. Yeah, just not crashing. You get the muscle yeah. memory down. They might be ugly. They might be moving all over the place, but I can do it and I can make sure that I don't crash while I'm doing it. Yeah, okay. Then for me, it goes to real life. But let's say you yeah. get, so you, you move your aileron TikToks from the sim, which now you have the stick movements down. That's all you got. Stick movements and what do I do if I panic, right? right. You, you go out in real life. Now you're working on them in real life. It's like, okay, wow, hey, I can actually aileron TikTok. This is pretty cool. Now you want to learn to, how, how do these guys move them to the right and move them to the left? Well, I can tell you from learning aileron TikToks that applying rudder while TikToking can put you in a big world of hurt in a hurry. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> it. Because your brain doesn't want to do that. Okay. So now, now again, you know how to do this maneuver. Now we're going to go back and we're going to polish it. And that's what I call polishing it. I'm going to go back and learn how to. It, this is something that just kind of bothers me with a lot of people. I can do this. I, I can do those. Okay. When I say I can do a maneuver, that means I can do it and I can control it. And so that's what you go back in that second phase and say, okay, now I know got the stick movements down. I can do them in real life, but they're all over the place. Now I need to fine tune it. How do I make it go to the right? Again, you go back, you train that muscle memory. Oh, hey, holy crap. Okay. Now I figure it out. All right. Okay. Now let's try and figure out how to make them go to the left. Okay, now I'm getting it. Now go back out and do it in real life. You're never going to be able to polish it like they, they, they look like Alan Zabo's doing them on the sim and then take it out. That's, that's, not, that's only real stick time that's going to do that. I agree. I don't think, it, yeah, you shouldn't waste your time on the sim literally trying to perfect the way it looks on oh, the computer God, no. screen. No, it's no, a no. waste of time. You get it, it to the point where you're confident enough to go out and do it on the real thing and you move to the next one. Yep. 
look, I, that I can dig. I mean, I can totally agree and accept that. And I think this is uh, maybe a good segue into the, when we're talking about Sims, the importance of uh, doing what I hate to do, tuning that helicopter on the sim mm-hmm. to represent what you're flying in real life. Seven-eighths of the electric helicopters on the sim are so stupidly overpowered yeah. that I don't understand how it's no wonder there's so many frustrated people out there and there's no wonder I've seen people flying at three to 400 RPM on the head more than they need to be. Yeah, you've got to fly a nitro flight. model. Uh, either that, you can turn make the head any speed down. Turn, the, turn the motor power down. Yeah, big time. What about the head speed? Just turn the head speed down. You can do that too. Yeah. Yeah. Turn that. No. I actually do the motor bogging almost all the way up. I turn the yeah. motor bogging on Phoenix almost all the way up. I turn the, the head speed down a little bit. Um, but then I just, uh, and I'll turn the power down on it. Same thing with autos. I, it's called blade inertia in Phoenix. Turn it down. Make that 700 auto like a 500. And then when you nail it every single time over and over in Phoenix where they turned way down, you go out there, it is like, Candyland, because <laughs> you're you're pro. Seriously, you are. The other thing that's that's really nice about the sim is you know with all those tuning things. I know you don't like it, Dan, but what's good about it is if you're still trying to feel out for beginners, if you're still trying to feel out the sensitivity of control, like in a hover or when you're you're working on uh, forward flight, you can use the sim to get the expo to feel the way you'd like it to feel mm-hmm. and then go and because people get so caught up in the expo numbers on the radio and you don't, you don't worry about that. You make it feel the way it feels comfortable to you. And the Sims are really good test bed for that. Yeah. Yeah. And look at the, um, the real flight, um, I fly the Synergy N7 and I noticed right away that it was just, gobs and gobs of power i mean i looked at the head speed and they had it defaulted at like 2400 <laughs> i turned it down to like 1700 mm-hmm. and it made a world of difference and that's where i fly it at now so you know i guess guys you know i i'm not a big fan and it let me rephrase that I'm, it's not that i'm not a big fan of having to tweak stuff but see the problem especially for new people. And I guess I am in this position when you, when you're looking at a SIM and someone says, Oh, just go buy a SIM. And then you're, you know, how are you going to know? Well, how do I know what changes to make to make this thing feel like a real helicopter or maybe, maybe even the helicopter I'm going to be flying. Yeah. And then, you know, and this is actually a great segue into another topic and that's, you know, we go into the feel of a helicopter. How Nick's helicopter, and you, you guys, I mean, I experienced it this at Othello with you guys. You know, you guys were comparing how your helicopters felt, and, and you were just like, ugh, you know, just the differences and the subtleties. There's just, there's a lot of different things you can do to a helicopter to make it feel the way you want it to feel. Yep. And a new person, yep. that's just overwhelming. That's daunting. Yeah, the best is just to see if you can't get some help on just a basic setup, but it's, it's really, it's like 80% personal preference, you know? And and so you really, you can't go 
too wrong in the beginning. Any of the sim models, you know, I guess that's a good part. And any of the sim models fly excellent. They all fly well. They track well, which is the important thing. And you're going to learn the stick movements that you need to learn. Usually by the time that you get to the point where you're starting to try those maneuvers where the, where the power really makes a difference, you know, like where you're at, Dan, learning those aileron TikToks, you're going to be able to know, oh my God, this thing does not feel like mine. Right. So right. you kind of, you know, answer, answer your own question. Well, yeah, but see, I'm now I'm to the, I'm getting to that point now where those subtle differences are really making themselves evident to me, but it's taken a while. Mm-hmm. You know, it's taken a long, it's taken a long time. And, 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 um, you know, I, I notice now that I'm noticing, I, I would really like to turn that cyclic response up and, and I turn it up a few points and I can tell the difference, but you know, it's taken me a long time to get to that point. Usually the people that are getting caught up in the numbers, well, how, well, how much expo do you run? How much exactly. expo do you run? It's a yep. phase that every that every heli pilot goes through. And it's the phase, it's right before when you find out that it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, right before you actually know how to fly. Well, yeah, you know, exactly. Actually, exactly. let me pose a question to you guys, because I don't know if you guys know the answer to this. But where did it, where in the history of RC anything did it become the, I mean, the, the, the norm was, Oh, you, you, if you have to, if you have to fly with expo, then you need to learn how to fly. Or it was like a, a status thing. Oh, I don't use any expo. Since the second someone flipped one upside down and it became a big wiener fest. I mean, that's that's what it's all about. It, yeah. It's the same. What used to be the big thing with Expo is now head speed. You know, at what point did someone decide that they needed 2,300 head speed on a 700? Yeah, let me get, there's uh, the local hobby guy here. When Ed was uh, dealing with him initially before he ran into the club down here and, and I met him, he he gave Ed that speech. Oh, you don't fly with Expo. No, no, no. See, that that to me, that blows my mind. And, you know, you everyone's seen it. I, I know everyone that's listening has got at least one of them at their local club, the guy who doesn't fly with Expo yet, and he's up there doing his thing, and you can see every single correction. Yeah. I mean, it's not smooth. It's not clean. Now, there are probably a few people out there who have learned without expo or with really low expo and make it smooth and man, more power to you. But I, but see, yeah. I think it also depends on the heli. Like I've always been that, you know, I slap 20% expo and pretty much just everything. Yeah. That's, that's where I start, but that's cause I only fly larger helis. Now I, I had a two fifty and I had a four fifty. And my 250 felt horrible with 20% expo. I flew no expo in that just to make it feel normal to me. So again, it's just a stupid number. And it, even if you go back in the fly bar days, I mean, you're talking, you know, fly barless systems are different. They compensate for all this. But if you go back to a fly bar, you're taking an arcing motion of a servo arm and you're transferring it to a linear motion up right. and down. Right. Mm-hmm. Expo actually makes it normal. Yeah. So, so, so why the big cock fest? You know, I, I don't get it. 
And especially with fly barless now, you can make anything feel like anything. You can yes. put 20%, 30% expo in though, turn the acceleration up, the you know, and the flip and roll rates up so freaking high, the thing will be so spun out, it'll be impossible to fly. You'd never know you had any expo in it. Exactly. So just forget, who cares? Make it fly the way it feels comfortable to you. And right about the time when you, when you start wondering, um, you'll just, it, it'll just happen. It's, it's just one of those things that it kind of happens. And if you find yourself completely consumed with the numbers and, well, what are you running? Well, what are you running? Well, what are you running? Write it out for a little bit because very shortly thereafter is when you're really going to learn how to fly and you're going to be able to answer all your own questions. Yeah. I actually, you know, we all remember Rob. Rob was telling me, he was helping me out with the Beast X. He's the one who talked me into trying it. And I was on the phone with him one day and I was trying to uh, tune this Beast X. I was trying to get the tail tuned and I was all caught up on the tail gain number. And he said, is it doing what you want it to do? I said, no. And he says, well, why are you worried about what the number says, dude? Don't worry about what it says. Make it fly the way you want it to fly. Yeah, that's it. That was kind of an eye-opener for me because I was so caught up in, and I get that question. We all get that question. I even get that question here uh, with the few helicopter flyers that I have. But where are you running the tailgate on that? Uh, I don't know. I, I got it where it's not freaking out on me. Yeah. Exactly. As long as it holds for everything that you're doing, don't worry about it. And you'll get to those points, like in your aileron TikToks, you'll be sitting there working on them. They'll start staying up. They'll start hanging in the air more. And you're like, man, this is awesome. Then you'll you'll go to a fun flyer. You'll see someone else and they're just like banging them out. I mean, wah, 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 back and forth. And you're going, dude, there's no way that how come I can't get mine to go that fast? Then you'll realize, wow, okay. My helicopter has to be set up at least so fast or at least so twitchy on the cyclic to be, to be able to do that. And you'll figure that out on your own because you'll go, well, I wonder if I turned it up a little bit. And then you'll turn it up. Maybe you'll drop a little bit of expo. And then all of a sudden, holy cow, wow, I just, they tightened up a lot more. Right. Okay. Yeah. Now all of I a sudden it, it becomes yeah. much easier. Yes, exactly. Right. But then... Let's take a look. Let's kind of step back a little bit because a lot of our listeners are new to the hobby and all of these things we're talking about, they maybe in theory, they understand, but in practice, mm-hmm. it really doesn't make any sense. Do you guys, is there like a, like, let me tell you what I used to do. And I used to get made fun of because of this, but every time I made a new heli and as you guys all know, the first year of the hobby I've made a lot of helicopters. <laughs> <laughs> I I had a, rut- a, a ritual, a routine. I didn't care if I anything about I I would always start every maiden flight off at 45% expo. Holy cow. I, it's a wow. lot. I know that. But see, I would take it up and if it felt really super mushy, I would take it right back down, drop it 5 points. I would take it back up. I mean, literally within the first tank, I could have taken it up and down 6 times. I always ended up roughly about the same point. But see, now I'm to the point where that's pretty much where I just start. But as a new person, I didn't know any better. And, and I was, it was a little frightening, to be honest with you, especially well, when you're, you know, you're spooling up a, a Bergen gasser with 803 millimeter blades when you know you don't really have the skill to pilot it. 
Yeah. I didn't want any any surprises. And and slow and mushy for it, in my mind was okay because I could immediately put it on the ground and turn things down and make it a little more reactive. And that's okay. That worked for you. Yeah. So I mean, I've flown helicopters that like seriously were so mushy. I was like, I dude, I can't even fly this. Like, I don't even feel comfortable flying it because it's so unresponsive that I don't feel like I can counteract if it starts to do something. Right. You know, but again, that's me, you're you. And if that's what makes you feel comfortable, that's okay. Yeah. And, you know, I, as you guys know, I, I've been, I've been helping Ed out with this 600 and, um, I actually did some buddy boxing with him this weekend. I go to fly his 600. I have that thing set so incredibly tame that if I get going too fast and I decide I want to stop, it's like I have to break the gimbal. You know, <laughs> it's like I'm. I'm trying, it's like I need another half inch of movement to get it to do what I want it to do. But for for Ed being brand new, hovering that 600 and just you know adventuring into some slow forward flight, he's perfectly happy with the setting. At yeah. this point. Yeah. But no. also, don't forget, you know, once you, hovering's one thing, but once you start getting in forward flight, uh, that's, that's to me, I can, yeah, I'll hover anything. But man, when I go out into forward flight, I start banking around that corner. I see it start to do something. If you're leaning way into the sticks to get it just to move a little bit, that can get yeah. a little hairy. And then the problem is, is that when you, by the time you get all the way over, to actually get it to start do something, your your brain seized and you went, oh, I corrected the wrong way. You panic and you go all the way over the other way. Yeah. And then it can get you in this weird little toilet bowl effect where you end up chasing what the helicopter is doing. Whereas if well, you had a little bit more response, it's small movement. Okay, I see it. Small movement back. Yeah. And it, it that also forms bad habits. I agree with you completely, Nick, because you want you want your fingers, you want your muscle memory to get used to small corrections. And so when you've got tons of expo in it like that, um, it, it makes it difficult to uh, to get used to small corrections when you have yeah. to bang back and forth across the gimbal. Well, mm. for for Ed, what I've done is I don't have a ton of expo, but I've got his uh, dual rates turned way down. Mm-hmm. Just so the the response is not as prominent. Well, just keep don't let them stay there too long. Keep creeping it up, and uh, you know, just creep it up a little bit at a time, a little bit at a time. I when I teach people, I I push pretty hard right off the bat. Yeah, I mean, well, I remember I'll, when you were uh, <laughs> you were showing me that um, I had so much expo in there that I was actually chasing the heli around because I didn't have enough control on the sticks to make it do what I wanted. So I was yeah. always one step behind the heli. So once Same. you added in that expo, it actually made it easier because I felt like I was in more control of the heli. Mm-hmm. That's a good Lots point. of muscle memory. Lots of, yeah. I mean, just like the same when we were talking, all, all those little things, if you, the earlier on you build them, you know, landing with throttle hold, running a full pitch curve in normal mode. That's another one that a lot of people yeah. don't do. I do. Yeah. Every flight mode, every same pitch curve, no matter what. I want to be able to auto from every mode. Yeah. 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 Lots of those little things. Um I they, do they I just, did finally get Ed to agree to that and he is running normal or you know, linear 
pitch curves in every mode. Good. That was a that was a hard bridge for us to to get over, but <laughs> but uh, now he's uh, now he's kind of stuck on that. He doesn't mind flying an idle up if I buddy box him, but he doesn't like to fly an idle up by himself. Gotcha. So you know, just small, and that's with the six hundred. He flies the five hundred a lot more aggressively. Well, there's another huge sim asset too. I mean, big time. Don't don't ever crash it on the sim unless you hit throttle hold. Like trying, yeah. you know, say, that can be one of your half hour sessions. Is okay. I'm going to screw around and fly for a half hour, but what I'm going to work on today is if I see myself headed toward a crash, hit throttle hold. Yeah, hit that's huge. Hold. Hit throttle. That will hold. save that's you huge. so much money. Do you want to know oh, what, oh. what what really got me? To um, was the MCPX. That little heli got me trained on on throttle hold. I can hit that throttle hold without. I don't even think about it. Mm-hmm. You know, it goes in so often. It's just it's a really good throttle hold trainer. Yeah. Hi, this is Dieter, also known as RCD Butts, and this is your sixty second tech tip. This week I'm going to talk about flybarless systems and some tips for the V-Bar. For those of you who are new to flybarless controllers, you'll notice that the setup is a bit different than your old flybar heli. For a good setup, you will want to make sure that your heli is completely level and that you have a good pitch gauge and swashplate leveler tool. Use a small bubble level or digital pitch gauge to get the heli completely level before starting any setup. When you reach the point in the setup when you set zero pitch, use a swashplate leveler tool to make sure that the swashplate is perfectly level and that you use an electronic pitch gauge to make sure that the pitch reads exactly zero degrees on both blades. If you want to be completely perfect, check that the pitch is zero degrees on both blades when parallel to the boom, front and back, as well as perpendicular to the boom on both sides. This may take some extra time. On the V-Bar unit, set the optimized checkboxes for both cyclic and the tail to do an optimization flight. During the optimization flight, do full cyclic rolls forward, full cyclic rolls backwards, full aileron rolls to the right and left, and full pirouettes in both directions. Do these a few times very fast and try to have quick stops. The V-Bar wants to see the full throw of every stick on the tail, aileron, and elevator. After an optimization flight, uncheck the optimized checkboxes and your heli should feel very consistent and locked in at this point. This has been your RC Heli Nation 60 Second Tech Tip. You guys might uh, might recall a little crash contest thing that we did. Uh. Yeah, it's been dragging on for a while. We got about, I don't know, 150 crash photos. And um, we went through them all. And we had some good ones. We did. We had some, some. We even had some beat up MCPX pictures. You guys saw those. Oh yeah. Did the little yep. YouTube video kind of picked? I don't know if they were the best, but when I was putting that thing together, it was just kind of ah, I'll throw this one in and throw that one in, and um, did a little YouTube thing. You guys saw that. Yep. Yep. And um, so we decided on a winner for that bad boy. Yes, we did. And this. Uh, let me just. Uh, in my up. opinion, clear winner. Oh, yeah. Clear winner. Yeah. And what's crazy about this is we actually, it was such a, a crazy picture that when we got it, we talked about it on the show. Um, you guys might remember we were talking about a guy that had an AP 
uh, helicopter, a, a maxi joker. He, uh, let's see, he was flying for a client, doing some video work at a fishing competition. And he hit a high-voltage power line. <laughs> and it zapped the heli enough to delaminate the carbon blades and dropped into the water. Total loss. Nothing salvageable on this helicopter. And I'm looking at the picture right now. And uh, we'll post a picture of this on our Facebook page. This is a sad-looking machine. It actually looks. I mean, all aspects of that picture says, dude, you just put 50,000 volts through that thing, didn't you? (laughs) (laughs) This thing, it's sitting here. uh, Let me try to describe this picture. (laughs) First of all, it's just charcoal. I mean, you see a little bit of color on the wires. Uh, little I, the motor's blue. I don't I don't know what kind of motor that is. But then it's got these <laughs> the it looks like leather, carbon <laughs> fiber blades, just like a dead rabbit, just like flopped <laughs> <Yeah>. over. <laughs> and um, it's just it's a total loss. This this helicopter is just completely destroyed. So we've decided that the winner of this crash contest is going to go to. Russ Winder is his name. So congratulations, Russ. Uh, I'll be getting in touch with you to get your your shipping address. And let's just take a few minutes to thank Dave at Progressive RC. Uh, If you guys need anything for your charging stuff, uh, just give him a call. And um, it's ProgressiveRC.com. I have bought all my charging supplies from Dave. Very knowledgeable guy. We've had him on the show. Uh, kind of gave us a lowdown on lipos and uh, charging uh, solutions. You know, check his webpage out and uh, see if there's anything you can do. Give him a call. He makes some very nice cases. Yeah. And this case, um, again, courtesy of Progressive RC, is a one of a kind. There's no other case like it. It's a complete uh, custom job uh, with LED lights, uh, a 206 charger. Uh, power supply, just ready to go, ready to rock. Again, thanks to Dave uh, from Progressive RC for that awesome charging case. Uh, we'll be getting that out to you. Russ, congratulations. So you guys remember last week, we talked about uh, personality test. On Heli Freak, they had a personality test, and I was the entertainer. Did you guys remember to take that test? I yes. did. All righty. I'm dying to know, Nick. What did it say you were? Um, I am the INTJ, which is the uh, scientist. Really? Yeah. Do you, do you do you have that description handy? Uh, you know, I bet you, Justin. I've got a I've right got here. it. Yeah, there <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So it says the scientist uh, is most. It says, let's see here, most self confident and pragmatic of all the types. Decisions come very easily. These are the most independent of all types. They love logic and ideas and are drawn to scientific research. 1% of the total population. Damn. You're a freak. But, yeah, they also, there's a, there's a more in-depth description. See, that's just all positive stuff. <laughs> that's just all the positive stuff. That's not, like, the part about can like be very argumentative and 
quick to fly off the handle and uh, doesn't like 90% of the time. See, all of our listeners, they get my they get my 5% of the week. <laughs> and that, that 5% is when I come on and I'm happy to talk to everyone. Oh, did you happen to, uh, where's the negative parts? I want to read what the negative parts for mine are. Yeah, I'll I'll send you a link, um, Dan. I sent it to Nick earlier today with a more detailed description of each of the personality types. Yeah, it's like a page long each, and it has positives and negatives. Yeah, I'm looking at the executive here. Is that you? Is that you, Justin? The executive? That's me. Yeah, I got uh, on that quiz that we took. It's called the field marshal, yeah. but on the link that I sent out, yeah, it's it's called the executive. And that is pretty damn spot on for me. Even the negatives? Yep. Really? Yeah, yep. mine was like dead on. I mean, dead on. Especially the more in-depth one where it's kind of like a, I've got a weird bit of almost like bipolarishness to me when it comes to social <laughs> stuff. It's, it is. It's true. Like out at the field, people when they come out to the field would have no clue. I mean, I go out to the field and it's, I just, I love, I genuinely love helping people. I'm talking to everyone. I'm not shy to anyone. Then it's like light switch. I mean, I, I, on a daily basis, I prefer to keep to myself, totally do my own thing. I could go the whole day and say three words. So you, you guys get all of my words. <laughs> you know, you know. Nick, though, I, I, I got to pick you up on the point that in the description it says, let's see here, hold on. And I quote, decisions come very easily. Uh, you want to yeah. talk about that? <laughs> <laughs> no, we've had many, oh, many, oh, long. We play devil's advocate with each other big we time. Do. And it's like, well, what about this? Well, yeah, but what about this? And it's like, we're both, we both agree, but we just do it. Just because. Yep. <laughs> you two are weird. I know. It Freaks. is. Well, less than 1%, actually. <laughs> That's so weird. <laughs> you know, the 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 thing about um, the one thing, you know, because mine came up as the entertainer, and one thing that's really strange, and I've had this comment said to me at, at a few different fun flies, and you guys may have noticed it. I don't, I am not real extroverted. And I've had people say to me, aren't you the guy that's supposed to talk? <laughs> and, you know, it seems, to, it seems to me that once I get a microphone in front of me, it, it, um, I, can, I can. I can just kind of start talking. That's your happy place. But see, when I, I'm at the Fun Fly and, and people are, I think people are nervous to come up to me at Fun Flies. Because I don't look all that friendly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you've gotten, I noticed a, a huge difference between the first Othello and the last Othello. Completely different. Yeah, I suppose. But I even had somebody say that to me at Othello. And see, I think it's different when I get people that are around me that I know. But when I'm there, like I was there for a little bit before you guys showed up. And, um, the, you know, after the fact, after... They met me, and we all started drinking that night. By the way, Jesse, did you ever find your fifth? <laughs> I think I found the bottle. Sweet. Yeah. They, they all. They, I had a couple there was come up to me. in it. Yeah, I know, man. That was gone. So, but see, the thing is, is a couple people came up to me after the fact, 
and they said, oh, we, you know, we, you just didn't really seem like you really wanted to talk to anybody. And I'm like, what? I, I'm very comfortable in my own little world. <laughs> I am, you know, I, I have no problem just hanging out with myself. I really have never had a problem with that. I don't need to feel like I'm part of the group. I never have felt like that. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's kind of a, for me, it's kind of a, you know, there's other issues. I mean, uh, the fact that I can't walk very well and it's kind of a self-conscious thing, you know, when you look like you're 95 years old, all bunched over and struggling to walk. I, I just, I just, it's kind of a, it gets weird for me in that aspect, but that's it really what it boils down to. Once you get to know me, I, I'm, you know, I won't shut up. Twisted. <laughs> All, all sorts of messed up. <laughs> I am a sick individual. Yep. So, Justin, I stopped you in the middle. You did. Yeah, I just uh, I decided that I think that'd be kind of cool to wait till the end of the show to see what Justin had to say. Yeah, let's do it. Continue on with that. What's going on? Well, so, um, as I said earlier... Uh, I've been talking with Danny Melnick and uh, Joachim Ewelfeld from Heli Command. And, uh, you know, we've been talking back and forth. Uh, I've been working directly with them on the review. Uh, so I've been talking to them about different questions, comments, stuff like that as I go through and and uh, and work more with the, the uh, extreme. And, well, what it comes down to is they are going to be sending us an a Heli Command SX, which is the extreme fly barless software yeah. with all the advanced menus and tuning capabilities, but also with the Heli Command bailout feature. Nice. So we're going to be rounding out the review. Uh, and now, guys, it's going to take a little bit longer than uh, we originally planned. I know we've been talking about uh, the uh, HC review for probably a month now worth of episodes. It's going to take another few weeks because I got to get this thing installed on the heli, get through the setup on the bailout, and then actually fly it and toss it around and see what happens. But uh, overall, it's going to be great because I'll actually be able to review the entire product from start to finish. So uh, we're really looking forward looking forward to that. And thank you to to Danny and uh, Joachim again. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know why I really want to try one of those bailout ones? Here's, here's my scientific reasoning. Just so that at the moment, right when I flip the switch, I can go, da da da! You need one of those. You need reason I want one. Dude, you need one of those. Doesn't that uh, that $3,000 Futaba have an MP3 player in it? <laughs> you, can, yeah. you can assign that sound bit to, to the switch. To the there you go. Da da da! That'd be so rad. <laughs> that would oh, really be cool. I gotta get me an 18MZ now. Oh my gosh. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So I've got one. Yeah? This is cool. Yeah. Now, I think we're still, hopefully, we had talked about some battery testing. Yeah. Having your buddy do some. Yep. This is kind of in, in addition to that. So, um, as everyone knows, um, uh, I am affiliated with, uh, with Gen's Ace on their team. Uh, they're, they're batteries that I've always stood behind even well long before that. But so what I'm going to do 
is Jen's Ace is actually going to send us, they're going to send me, and this is news to you, Dan, by the way. Oh, yeah, by the way. I, lo- I love doing this. So they're going to send me um, a pair of 6S packs for to fly my TRX 700. Mm-hmm. They're also going to send 60C packs. They're also going to send me one for the 450. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm going to do something a little bit. This is going to be about as non-one-sided as possible. And I, and I also want to teach people how to do this, how to track your batteries and actually check the C ratings on them. Yeah. Um, and, and I can do this with the Gen Zs because I know they work. I mean, I, I've done this myself. I've seen it on other packs and I can stand behind them anyway. So don't, don't think that, oh, we're just doing this because, you know, for like advertisement for them. These are the packs that I want to show you on because I know what the results are going to be. But I'm going to give you all the hard data, like from straight out of the box. And I'm going to show you guys and and teach everyone how to check them, how to track them. And then we'll just kind of go through the process with these packs. As I beat them up, I will probably uh, be a little uh, non-polite to them because that's my habit that I have. I'm always good for a couple over discharges. That's just how it is <laughs> with me. But we're going to actually see what it does and, you know, see how, not only see how well the packs hold up, um, but it's so, I want to teach people so that they can do it with their packs. If they're if they're Gen Zace or if they're not, um, that's kind of beside the point. I want to teach everyone how to track their packs and how to make sure that, you know, you're getting your money's worth out of your battery pack. Sounds good, so, dude. Yeah, I think it'll be kind of fun. Get to swing over to the geek side and and just actually put some hard numbers down rather than these packs are awesome. I mean, any pro pilot can go up there and say, oh, yeah, these things are great. I think they're awesome. Yeah. Well, you know, hey, Kyle Dahl had a Thor light on fire in his Uvalar at her, you know, at her show. <laughs> so, but because he said they're awesome, then they are. Yeah, I mean, you get what I'm saying? Yeah. We're, we're going to kind of dispel all that and, and teach everyone how to check it themselves. Speaking of geekdom, we have something uh, coming up this next Wednesday, you know. Yeah. Yeah. We've been talking about digging in episode number two for quite some time. And I'm happy to say that that should be ready to go by Wednesday. Yay. Awesome. So we're going to be able to have those uh, links available to you guys on our webpage. We'll put a small um, kind of maybe a minute clip of that episode so you can kind of get a preview. And again, it'll be available on iTunes. And uh, hopefully we don't run into the same problem we did last time. There's a high likelihood we might as far as iTunes deciding exactly how much they want to charge for those but it was a real quick and easy fix I'll just keep a close eye on it and uh, if you see that it's not um, the price that we say it's going to be which I, from memory I can't remember guys it was $1.49 yep. uh, just give me some time and we'll, we'll make it right so uh, yeah we're looking forward to that and there's not going to be as long of a span between two and three. We're going to start backing them up more. Now the flying season's kind of winding down. We're not traveling as much. Um, we'll be knocking them out a lot more. Uh, two's not going to be for everyone. Uh, three, I think, is going to be awesome. Four, <laughs> even better, and it's just going to go up from there. 
But uh, yeah, so the the time span between them is going to start shortening up. We're going to start hitting it a lot harder, and it's just going to get better and better all the time. So hang in there. And two's talking about governors, right? Nitro governors. Yes, nitro. It's for the nitro people. We're going to talk about nitro governors, which have been around for a long time, but really get into the into the grunt of it. Uh, you know, motor pipe combos, that sort of a thing. And then we're going to back it up. I mean, I'll just tell everyone right now, episode three is going to be for you electric guys. We're going to talk about ESCs. We're going to talk about governors, uh, gearing, headroom, all that stuff that is very confusing to 90% of the people out there flying. Uh, that's going to be a really, really big one. Um, that's why we're going to try and not have too much lag time between because, hey, we love electric people too. Yeah. Yeah. Only so-so. Well, <laughs> I do. Yeah, I know you don't, but. <sighs> you got to love the nitro. We, we got into a nice little talk, topic about the nitros and electric at the field the other day. Yeah. And I just said, nitro rules and you suck so there <laughs> that's your that's my scientific backing for you <laughs> now we um i just uh, also want to mention to fred uh another guy in my field put his 500 in and it ended up landing like five feet away from my truck i think it was a sign but the reason i bring it up is because his esc wire Came unplugged, and I had to give him the shoe goo lecture. God, <laughs> oh no! Did did you oh, shoe goo up his ESC? Uh, no, I didn't. Words on all his other helis. But I showed him my helicopter and I said, "Look, it's a pain in the ass to get out." Am I right, Nick? Am I right? Uh, just a little bit. But here's the deal, dude. You never have to worry about it. Never. You know, hey, on those motor leads, so it was the motor to ESC lead that came out? It was the uh, ESC to receiver. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God, you and your yeah. shoot goo, dude. That was <laughs> rough. I, st- I mean, I need counseling. <laughs> <laughs> oh, was- dude, the shoe goo rocks. Frustrating. Yeah, I wanted to say thanks to everyone Um on the Facebook page, uh, I put a post up asking about, you know, a little backyard heli. Because I've got, we got our backyard all done this year. Um, I've got a, not enough, well, <laughs> we'll see if it's enough space to fly the 450 <laughs> or not. I have a feeling that I'm going to find out the wrong way. Because uh-huh. the cool part about this 450, there's no emotional attachment to this thing. Like, it ain't going to be pretty. And I know that it's not going to be pretty. But... I think it'll get old fixing it. So I, I was thinking about getting a, something to fly in the backyard, and I put a post up. So thanks for everyone. Yeah. Uh, I pretty much got just bombarded with get a 130X, you know, slap a couple upgrades at it, and uh, keep flying and enjoy. So I think that's what I'm probably going to go with. Absolutely. Also, two guys, I want to make one quick mention. Um. I got an email from a listener um, that apparently he had an email address that only he was using for our webpage and some spam got sent to him. So, and it was RC Hilly Nation at some weird URL. And I can tell you this, I don't know why that's happening or how that's happening, but if you get an email from RC Hilly Nation, it's going to be rchillynation.com. 
If you get an email that says anything about RC Alienation and it doesn't end in .com, just delete it. Yep. Don't even bother opening it because it's not from us. Um, other than that, I think it's about time, guys. What a good show. Nice show on Sim Talk. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You have to show. embrace that sim. Make yeah. that little chart, people. Put out that little five-minute timer. I cannot believe Get you guys your actually chart going. That I cannot believe you guys actually chart. You actually chart that stuff. It works? Yes. <laughs> you got to do it. All righty, guys. Well, on that note, we sure hope you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as we enjoyed making it. Have a good week, guys. We will talk to you next Monday. See you later. This has been a production of RC Alienation, LLC. If you have a question, comment, or suggestion, send us an email using the Contact Us link on the homepage. If you'd like to make a donation, there's a Donate Now button on our homepage as well. 